Well, I think it's important to preface this episode by letting you know that we are going to be walking through our battle with anxiety and fear. However, we are not mental health professionals, and if you are battling with anxiety or any other mental illness, please seek the advice of a licensed healthcare professional. Hey, what's up? This is TJ and Brittany. And this is Life with TJ and Brittany. Hey guys, thank you guys for returning and listening to our podcast. Um, We pray that it's a blessing for you guys. We ended on the last episode talking about anxiety Mm -hmm. and even about the Joplin tornado and and different things like that. And if you haven't heard that one, uh, go back before this episode and make sure you hear it because we're going to have a part two to that because I feel like it was so much meat in that and I definitely didn't want to rush it and, and I believe you didn't want to rush it either because I think it was... It was setting up to what's important. Right. We were talking. I think we ended talking about counseling and how mm-hmm. so many people look down on counseling or they wait. I love what you said. They wait to the last moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, they wait until you're in crisis. Right, and then they go to counseling mm-hmm. instead of just going to counseling before. And I shared we go, we do counseling for marriages and and, and things like that. And yet we still, um, you know, meet with our pastor. We still go to marriage retreats. Uh, we try to keep it from getting to crisis. Right. You know, that's so much better than having to get in crisis. It's so good because I, I, even though we're doing that, I never thought of it like that. I, yeah. You know, I just wanted to invest in our marriage and in our relationship. And that's so good. So when you said that, that that blessed me. So hopefully it blessed um, others out there that are, that are listening. And so I, I really want to go right back into it because right. um, I've been pretty excited about this, mm-hmm. if you haven't noticed, um, because... We don't, it's, it's something that we don't just sit and talk about. Right. You know what I mean? Like We talked about it for so long. I think that we don't necessarily just want to continue to talk about yeah. it all the time. But And uh, and it's some it's things important. that it's healthy to speak on it. Mm-hmm. it. It really is. And we were talking about earlier how we've learned to su- suppress so many things, you know. And I'm talking about the different neighborhoods and, and even um, more minorities than anything. We look at counseling as something bad. Right. You know, and then not just minorities, but even people our age any from we're from that 17 to like 40 43 age for some reason um it's like it's frowned upon to go to counseling right you know what i mean it's like you're not tough you're not tough yeah. if you have to go talk through your feelings with someone having feelings is not tough but that's true now <laughs> how, how how much did i have to work on that so much you know yes. <laughs> oh, i like the way you said that <laughs> good lord well, you, but you love me. <laughs> it, it is. It's a manly thing and it's a cultural thing. And we've talked about this for, before, even a lot yeah. in the black community. People do not want to deal with their feelings. It's not tough. It's not manly to have to deal with your feelings. And it goes way back. I, I, I think it's generational as well mm-hmm. because you've learned. Um, I've, I've known growing up and what living in the, in the black culture, you learn to suppress so many things. Things go wrong when think people treat you wrong well you, you, there's nothing you can do about it right. so just suck it up and deal with it move on and move on you know and so um that helps to extent because mm-hmm. you can't feel sorry for yourself no you can't sit in a place of a victim mentality, victim mentality. you don't want to adopt a victim mentality but the best way to move on with something is to process it and to deal with it so then when you really do close that door it is really closed and that's what i dealt with <laughs> for a long time is not dealing with things. Mm-hmm. I would just shut it out, suppress it, and move on. Right. You know, and I would just pretend like it never happened. Mm-hmm. And if yet you shove it, it down far enough. Yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna affect you. But that is such a lie. Yeah. That's such a lie from the enemy. It's like duct taping something. Right. Like it, it's gonna 
fix it for a little bit, <laughs> but the duct tape's gonna wear out. So so good, so good. Um, so we were talking about the anxiety and how it was affecting you. We started going to counseling, and I remember, I remember going to the counselor. And we didn't talk about storms for like a few weeks. Right. So to give some that? backstory, it was my fear and anxiety started to set in after the Joplin tornado yes. and what we experienced during that time. But I let it kind of sit and fester and develop into this all-consuming issue to where I was not able to function as a mom or a wife or at work or any of those types of even things. At, it, even any relationship, friends, right. you know, I mean, times we were eating or barbecuing and you'll be looking at your radar. Okay, we got to go. And people right. are looking like, what? You know, in the world? You know, it's or when sprinkle. we had friends over here, there's a sprinkle <laughs> and it's like, okay, everybody be ready to go down to the storm shelter. You know, we built our home where the first thing you say we had to have. It has to have a storm shelter and you it know? has to be in the house. And I even remember that was part of the anxiety after we moved into this house because we built our house in the tornado zone mm-hmm. post-tornado. It was after the tornado that we built this house. And that was my requirement. I don't want to have to go out to a shelter in the backyard. I don't want to have to take my kids out. Yes. I want a place where I really wanted a place where if they needed to go to sleep at night in the storm shelter, yeah. they could. That's how. But when we moved into this house, that anxiety just, it was almost like the enemy playing with my mind. Like, oh, this house isn't enough to protect you. That storm shelter isn't enough. I remember going downstairs some days and looking at the storm shelter. I remember calling like FEMA and being like, can you come and inspect this storm shelter to make sure it was safe? Like these totally irrational. And keep in mind, we, we just built our home. This is (laughs) a brand new home. And you know, and just, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's not, I mean, it's not ridiculous, but it is, it's these irrational thoughts. And that's what fear and anxiety are irrational. They're not designed to make sense. That's how the enemy uses them to cause confusion and all of these things in our mind. Right. And we serve a guy that's not a guy of confusion. No. You know, he's a god of order. And so um, even it affected like vacations. Yep. We canceled vacations. We came home early from vacations because, or I would pull the kids out of school. I would go get them early some days, or I would not allow them to go on field trips. Like, nope, it's, it might, it might storm today. So nope, you can't go. Like it was just totally controlling everything in our life. And so taking that step to go to counseling was just my like last ditch effort of like, I am miserable my family is becoming miserable because I am not the mom and the wife that I need to be. Um, I had zero hope that it was going to work, but I knew that there's like, I've got to do something. Yeah. And so something had to change, right? Something had to change. So we started going to counseling and I remember I said this in the last episode, someone telling me that, you know, you're not going to deal with storms when you go to counseling, you're going to deal with things from your past. You know, you're going to go back to childhood and you're going to undig all these things. I'm like, that's so stupid. That is so (laughs) stupid. Like, I have PTSD. It's very clear. We went through this traumatic event. I went through a tornado and now I'm afraid of storms. That is the logical progression of things. I don't need to go back and deal with my childhood. And I did have issues. You know, my father wasn't around when I was a child. So I did have these issues and things that I knew But I was like, I dealt with that. Like, it doesn't bother me. I don't need to go back and deal with those things. And what do you know? We go to counseling and what do we start dealing with? We learned that you suppressed it. (laughs) I suppressed it and I didn't deal with it. Not just minorities. (laughs) No, no. So, you know, we started dealing with with these issues and we started talking about my childhood. And, you know, kind of this disclaimer, I have always said, like, I do not want to be the reason why my kids are on a couch someday in some therapy office. But... We all need to be on a couch someday in a therapy office. It doesn't matter if you have the best parents in the world or the worst parents in the world. Like, there are just things in life that you're going to have to deal with. And so, you know, 
I was raised by my mother and I honestly believe my mother did absolutely the best that she could. And, you know, but my father wasn't around. My father chose not to be around. And those that caused me some things that yeah. I just had to deal with, you know, and that is, that's just the way the enemy works. And there's so many people out there who are fatherless and, you know, it causes struggles. It causes identity struggles because then we don't have a good picture of our heavenly father. Yeah. And I think that created such issues for me as I did not have a an earthly example of what a good father looked like. And so I could not then relate to my heavenly father as good. I just didn't understand what that even looked like. And so I was a Christian. I was saved by this point, but I, I, it was this constant internal battle with me of, I didn't, I almost, I didn't believe the goodness of God. I didn't believe that God would protect us in those moments. I had this just constant struggle. And that was because I was, I didn't have an earthly example of a father. And so that, you know, this is why we go back and we deal with these suppressed issues and counseling, because what do you know? Like we dealt, I was in counseling for nine months Yeah. and we dealt a lot with, you know, past issues. We dealt some with tornado, with storms. Like, you know, he gave me exercises and breathing things to go through when you have anxiety and panic attacks. And I did a lot of journaling exercises, prayer journaling, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of grounding exercises. So yes, there are tools that you can use um, to get through those moments. But a lot of it was just dealing with the suppressed issues. And in the beginning of counseling, it was storm season. So, you know, it was like crisis mode. I'm going in and I'm dealing with these things. But as it went on and we went into the winter, um, it was when I was kind of wrapping counseling up. And I remember when the next storm season came, it was just like, I didn't have those anxiety attacks anymore. It was just, I don't want to say it was a hundred percent gone because I still had some triggering moments, but it was nothing like what it had been before. And so I think that's the importance of therapy. And that's the importance of dealing with our our junk, our issues, our childhood traumas and our thing so that we can function in life on a daily basis. Absolutely. So um, tell tell us more about your prayer time at, in that uh, season of your life and then also your prayer journal. Right. Tell me so more about a that. lot of the suggestion was um, from my therapist was to journal um, during those super anxious moments um, his recommendation was that, or his, I guess what the evidence shows is that you can only stay in that super heightened anxiety attack mode for 20 minutes. Like your body can only handle 20 minutes before it's like, has some sort of come down off of that. And so it is, okay, what am I going to do with these 20 minutes? And, and a lot of that, I couldn't process, um, praying out loud. Like it just, it, my mind was going in so many ways that I would get distracted and I would do this. So it was a focus and having that tactile, like holding a pen, putting my pen to the paper, putting my thoughts on paper. So I would just journal my prayers or my thoughts at that, in those moments. And, you know, whatever I was asking the Lord for, or whatever I was pouring out to the Lord, um, in those anxious moments. Um, and a lot of it focused on the truth about, Jesus. And so my mind was being bombarded with things that weren't true. Um, If you make this decision, your kids are going to die. Like that is the level of magnitude of the thoughts that were in my mind. Mm -hmm. If you make the wrong decision, if you don't pick up your kids from school today, 
they're going to die and it's going to be your fault. Like it was that control. Like I had to have control over everything. Otherwise something bad was going to happen. And it was that not being able to relinquish control over to the Lord. I cannot be with my kids or you 24 hours a day. Like, you know, our kids are getting older. They're in activities. They have to go to school. They have to do these things. I cannot be solely responsible for the safety of my kids. And so, but that's what I felt like in the moment. I felt like if I make the wrong decision, something bad is going to happen. And so a lot of that was just putting that out on paper in those super anxious moments um, and just pouring my heart out to the Lord and focusing on the truth about Jesus. What are the promises in the Bible? What does the word tell us about this? The Bible says that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. Psalm 91, I can't tell you how many times I had Psalm 91 written on the palm of my hand for just days or for weeks um, because I had to remind myself, this is the word of God. The word of God does not fail. This is the truth. And even when you don't, feel it. We just wa- I just watched and shared a reel about that this morning. Even when you don't feel like God is with you, that doesn't mean God's not with you. Our feelings are going to fail you. So you have to be able to focus on the truth of what the word says, because his word is never going to fail us. He's never going to fail us. Our feelings are. And so that's what I was in those moments. I was focused on my feelings and not the truth of God. So a lot of my writing would be just the word, the truth of God. And so it was really helpful in those moments But it was also really helpful for me as I was coming out of those moments to realize, okay, this is what you need to focus on in the future. Hey, did you know that we are directors of a sports ministry? Mo Legacy is our traveling basketball program that develops elite athletes who have a strong relationship with God through athletic training, life skill development, Bible study, and discipleship. Each spring and summer, we travel all over the Midwest, competing on national circuits, helping our players... 62 players this summer. Be exposed to college coaches while also building relationships, discipling, and teaching them about Jesus. If you'd like to help support, you can visit www.jfwc.org give and make sure you select Mo Legacy from the drop-down menu. That's so good. What about your prayer life? In my prayer life in that season was really struggling. And it was because my mind was so overtaken with everything else. I couldn't even, I didn't believe the truth about God. And so that was me having to walk that out. Whereas now I can look back and say, okay, I need to, I'm going to pray these prayers or I'm going to believe these things about God. Even when I don't feel it, I didn't have it in those moments. And I couldn't even bring myself to pray sometimes because I didn't believe what I was saying. Yeah. And I remember time we will have family prayer and I'm like all right pray you be like no like yep. you pray or I'll be praying and you'll be looking at me like do you really think he's gonna mm-hmm. gonna do that you know it was just a really big season of me learning who God was and what his truth is and the enemy was really attacking that in my mind yeah but look at you now yeah I had to go through that to be able to be able to stand where I am now and to say you know or to be able to deal because I still have anxiety triggers. When we fly, Mm. I still have anxiety triggers and I'm working, you know, not near as much, but I've learned how to handle those things. And so even now as we're flying and we've flown, what, three or four times this year, this last time that we flew, and I'm being very intentional about, nope, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it anyway, because that's the only way you can deal with anxiety is by continuing to do the thing that causes you anxiety. Like continuing to go through the storms and not 
hunker down in the basement, continuing to fly, even though flying makes me anxious. Because if I don't, if I didn't fly, which flying is something that traveling is something that we love to do. And so if I were to say, I'm never going to fly again, then that would hinder something that we really enjoy, something that is very valuable to us. And so I would almost be rewarding the anxiety if I didn't do it. And then so more anxiety would come and more anxiety would come. Instead, I'm attacking it head on and I'm going, you know what? I can do this afraid. I can do this anyway. And every time we fly, I have less and less anxiety. I think it's pretty cool. It's actually kind of sexy that you face your fears a lot of times. So that's pretty cool to see that. I know um, during that season of our life, like I felt a lot of times, excuse me, I felt a lot of times that like I was failing you. You know, it was time we have conversations and I would, you know, go out and get some air or I'll just go sit on the porch or take the dogs out. And I'm thinking in my head, like, where am I messing up at? Mm-hmm. You know, and then I started beating myself up because as a man, you know, I want to leave my house the right way. I want to be an example. I want to, you know what I'm saying? And here I am, I'm preaching the gospel. I was going right. everywhere preaching and God's giving me word for people and all that. And I, you know, but then I would come home and I would watch my my wife's, you know, really suffer through mm-hmm. it. And, um, and it really... I had to make sure that I was close in the position myself to hear from God and be spending quality time with God because if I wasn't, that could have uprooted me um, right. and my faith right. as well. And so um, it was a tough season for all of us, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I we, I try to pray with my kids every night. I lay hands and pray with my kids every night. I remember our oldest daughter; she's very, very intelligent, very smart. She picks up stuff real fast. I remember us just praying and and she saying, "Hey, let's pray for mom," you know and. And so and that's something that we we've always really tried to plant that seed in our kids to say, don't ever be afraid to pray, no matter who it's for, or not whatever. And uh, and they saw it, mm-hmm. you know, they saw it, you know. But then they also saw mom fight adversity. They also saw mom fight through that season. Mom didn't lay down during that season, you know. Um, they they saw mom struggle in the season, mm-hmm. but they also saw where, where that season got mom to now. Now it's 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 amazing to watch your faith. Um, how you speak with such boldness. Um, even when we travel, you know, like you just said, we've flown a few times this year already, and it's like, all right, mm-hmm. we're, we're getting on this plane, we're going to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? And and just to see you grow from that, because we say all the time, we grow when we're uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't imagine how uncomfortable. That's, that's something I've never really dealt with. Mm-hmm. So on my side, I couldn't understand. My mind couldn't fathom like, Okay, just do this, right. you know. And, and I, to the outside, it sounds so simple. Right. Like, even this last time we flew, and I really struggle in flying during takeoff. Yep. Like, that is just the hardest time for me. I don't know not why not, it is. It just... Not during the turbulence, because... Oh, it, if not it's as bad, bad turbulence, but not but, as bad. And not... Like, this last time we flew, takeoff was pretty smooth, and I was... I won't say I was in full-on anxiety attack mode because I wasn't. I'm much better than I have been, but I was definitely anxious and I was, you know, pushing through and I was dealing with the things. And then we had a really rough landing. (laughs) And the whole time that we were on the descent, I was totally calm. And you were like, is this not bothering you? Like, this isn't bothering you at all? And I'm like, no, I'm totally chill. Like, and that's the thing. It's so irrational. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. So if you're someone who, ha- I would just have to remind you of that all the time. Like, no, I understand that it doesn't make sense. Like, I know that, but it doesn't change what's going on in my body right now. Yeah, I would go, I remember sitting down with your counselor, you know, because I knew him personally, and I'm like, hey, look, I feel like I'm failing this thing as, mm-hmm. as a father, as a husband. And he just looked at me and smiled. He's like, no, you're doing great. 
you know, and he would encourage me, but still I would go home and and I, and I would be like, man, what am I doing? What am I doing wrong? Because, you know, mm-hmm. you go through that as I love you. I want the best for you. And then when you're not happy, I'm trying to figure something out. Like right. I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I don't sleep well when something's wrong with anybody in my family. And so, um, but just to watch you walk through that and, um, and, and, and we had a great counselor, mm-hmm. you know, a great therapist that, that done an amazing job and walked. And then, then we also have, like, even through my situation, we had a great, my, our pastor is amazing to walk mm-hmm. through that. And so we encourage you to, to don't be afraid to sit down with the counselor and before it gets to a crisis. And I think, obviously, for us on the faith side of things, it is really important to have Christian counselors, Christian perspective, because there, there are both sides. Like, yes, there is the physical, the neurological side of anxiety or any, any sort of mental illness. So it is, it's necessary to have someone, I don't want to say necessary, but it's important to have someone who is educated on that side of things, Mm -hmm. but who also hears from God and who also knows the spiritual side of things and who walks in the Holy spirit because they go hand in hand and, so I think it's really important to to just to have someone who does both. And so the counselor that we had, he was a licensed psychologist. Mm-hmm. Um and but he was a faith-filled person and our pastor obviously is a faith-filled person. So I think it's important to have those spiritual counselors as well. Um as as we wrapping up, um what advice um do you have for people that's out there listening that's maybe dealing with anxiety whether it's um, trauma from a childhood or even through something like a tornado or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it may be, um, babe, what advice can you give for them? I think it's important. First of all, obviously, we've said it a million times since we've been talking about this. Get help. Don't sit in it. Mm-hmm. Don't let it get worse. Go get help. There are tons of resources out there. There are tons of counselors out there who are willing, who deal with this. They're educated. They know how to walk you through it where they can get it done in months and not years like it took me to actually do that. Um, Have people around you that are willing to speak the truth to you. And I don't mean like it would be really hard for me to receive from you if you said, hey, it's going to be okay. Like that is... I think the worst thing that you yeah. can say to someone <laughs> I think you told me that actually. <laughs> dealing with an anxiety attack, like for you to say, hey, the storm's not going to be that bad. And I'm like, no, bro, like I watched it. I pay attention to the weather. I know it's going to be bad. Like you can't just say, hey, it's going to be okay. But someone who's willing to speak God's truth to you, like, hey, remember what the Lord says. Remember what you said when you weren't in this anxious moment. Remember how you were feeling. Remember mm-hmm. the truth of God's word in these moments. Um, so have people surrounding you that are willing to support you, willing to be honest with you. Um, and pray, pray. You just, gosh, it's so important. And it was something I knew I couldn't do, but even writing those prayers was so helpful. Um, and do the thing that makes you anxious. Like I said before, like we can't reward our body and our mind from, for that anxiousness. Like we have to just attack the thing that makes us anxious. And whether that is me, you know, leaving the kids at school while it was storming or whether it's me continuing to get on the flight or, you know, whatever it is, um, there, the other side is there. And in that moment I couldn't see the other side, but I knew that it was there. 
Like, mm. so I, you just have to continue to walk through it, to get help, to seek the Lord, stay in your word, even if you can't feel it. Even if in those moments, I I would say, I just, I, I can't believe that about the Lord. I would still say it as truth. I would still read God's word and say, that is true. Even if in those moments, I was struggling to believe that. I had to rely on the word of God because it'll never fail. Amen. Wow. Amen. You're awesome, babe. I'm married up. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for tuning in. Um, I pray this is a blessing for you guys. And um, we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Yep. And be blessed. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Hopefully it was a blessing to you. If you enjoyed it, make sure you take the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And don't forget to recommend to your family and friends. Hey.